Welcome to the People's Church Sermoncast. You can join us for our live worship services on Sundays at 10 a.m. People's Church is located at the corner of Mill Plain and Andreessen in Vancouver, Washington. Please visit our website at peoplesvancouver.church to learn more about our community and how you can get involved. And now for this week's sermon. You're listening to the sermon cast from People's Church of Vancouver, Washington. You're invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're located at 6801 East Mill Plain Boulevard in Vancouver, Washington. For more information, visit us at peopleschurchvancouver.org. Now for this week's sermon. Oh, praise God. Well, as they say in Japan, Tadaima which means I'm home, and that's how it feels like. Uh, It really does. When Milton and I came home to fight his cancer in 2010, we came here. And then after he passed away and my mom came to spend the last 15 months, of her life, I was here. And then uh, when my beloved daughter, April, at age 55, uh, left much earlier than I thought anyone should live, I taught my kids not to crowd in line. But <laughs> she wasn't paying attention. And, and so perhaps all of these are reasons why. And then when I was praying about what to speak on, uh, I thought of Pastor Larry, such a sweetheart. Don't we miss him? Isn't heaven a lot more fun than it ever thought of being? (laughs) Oh, Oh, thank you. The school teacher in me, uh, I'll, I'll get through so I'll have time. We can still beat the Baptists to the buffet line. (laughs) Doesn't the scripture say to buffet your body? I think it's Buffett now that I think of it. Well, God is gracious. And as I get closer to heaven, I think more often of the sure hope we have. And... You know, a lot of people think that hope, uh, when they say hope, well, I hope I can be there, which usually means, it's right up there with I'll try, which means not happening, but I don't want to tell you that. Why is it that at two, we know no so well, and, and it takes us till we're 80 to be able to say it again, and even then it's hard. But <clears throat> hope in in the dictionary is more a feeling, a a wish, but in God's Bible, his word, it's a word to anticipate, um, a confident expectation. You you can write a check on Heaven's Bank and it won't bounce. It's a good, good word. Now, what does hope do? And I thought of the scripture in... um, in 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. But before that, in John 16, 
uh, 33, Jesus makes a promise. It's one you'll never see in the promise box. The first part we really like. Well, no, it's the second part. The first part, okay, pull it out. John 16, 33. And you know, it's not like fortune cookies. Uh, It's better than that. In this world, you will have tribulation, which means a squishing. It's the kind of thing that happens to grapes, to make grape juice or olives, to make olive oil, or you take a stack of paper or Wonder Bread, white bread, and you can push it together like this. The squishing, but he says, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And that's a wonderful word. So we all sorrow. In this world, you'll have tribulation. We all have pain. It's a given if you're in this world. But God's got a good word for us. First Thessalonians 4:13 through 18. But I do not want to be ignorant, you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those that have no hope. So we all sorrow, but it's two groups. We sorrow as those that have no hope, or we sorrow as people that hope. There's a bright day coming. Praise God for that. <clears throat> and then he goes on and says the scriptures about, for we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And for this we say by the word of the Lord, which cannot lie, that we who are alive and remain will be, <clears throat> until the coming of the Lord by, will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Oh, that just thrills my heart. And with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore... Comfort one another with these words. Yes, we we all these earth suits are are terminal. Uh, I had Pastor Mike back up a, a kitchen stool in case this one was wobbly. Yeah, thank you, but I think you know between the coffee I drank this morning and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I will remain vertical. You want? <laughs> yes. Yes, Pastor Mike is agreeing with me back there. You know, the world is divided into two groups. There's all kinds. Um, There's night people and morning people, and they marry each other. Yeah, uh uh-huh. And uh, uh, that's so the kids have somebody that's awake at all times. But they are divided into those that have no hope when they sorrow and those that have hope, and I'm thankful for the comfort of hope. Um, so c- hope comforts us. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We have a sure hope. It also strengthens us. Psalm 27:14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, you notice I said a four-letter word in there besides hope. Wait. How many of you love to wait? Oh, I'm with you. 
Uh, a matter of fact, as Americans, we're not good waiters. Um, I was a great waitress, um, but not a good waiter. And we, we, we see a need, and we are there with help before the country that we're helping is there because of the way the Lord's organized us. We have much to share. We have a lot of resources. Um, <clears throat> I have a, uh, dear friends where he is a helicopter pilot with the Marines, and they're quick to fly in wherever there's a need. <clears throat> and, uh, and we're quick with that, but hard to wait. Matter of fact, the scripture says, uh, connects hope with waiting and patience. We give thanks to you all, First Thessalonians 1, verses 2 and 3, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus in the sight of God the Father. <clears throat> patience of hope. Patience involves waiting. Now, I want to tell you the good news about waiting. Um, the biblical word for waiting is not this kind of waiting. You know, and I'm looking. That's not that kind of waiting. It's um, not looking at someone else. One of the funny things about Greg and I, uh, one of the challenges, you know, you need a sense of humor to be married. No elbowing, no elbowing here. Dear mate, but isn't it true? And if you thought you needed a sense of humor with your first mate, if you have the privilege, as I've had, of being married twice, both men, missionaries and pastors, um, with I, for 49 and a half years, I, we figured out, my first husband, Milt, and I, that um, I would work until he was done, and then he would tell me, and I would just work while I wait. And but um, when Greg and I decide to go somewhere, when when it's time, he goes sit in the car. Well, I'm still waiting for him to tell me he's ready. So I mean, we're talking vacuuming, up, you know. And and finally, he comes in, with, and I realize, oh, you've been waiting for me. I've been waiting for you. Uh, yes. So. It's not that kind of waiting, or the, the it involves uh, a looking, but not to the other person, and not to look down in despair and encourage uh, discouragement, or even within. But uh, waiting is the word in Hebrew from the word kava, and it's a root that means to bind together. Uh, by twisting, like maybe when you put sheaves together or corn stalks when you make them stand up. And that's a wonderful word because the scripture says in 2 Corinthians, I think it's 6, 17, that if you've asked Jesus into your heart and you're joined to the Lord, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. And his spirit and our spirit dwell together. They're interwoven. And maybe that's one of the reasons what Dan was saying about the Lord feeling everything. He's right there inside of us, feeling what we're feeling. Um, so what are you waiting for? 
Uh, we're very much tend to live in the future. Are you already waiting for me to finish so you can go eat? I see a few guilty looks, a few people looking down. Uh, but we tend to be waiting for out there, in the future, uh, when I lose weight. Ladies, let me just tell you, make peace with your thighs and give away all your thin clothes. I have finally decided at 80, this is as good as it's going to get. It's a wonderful thing. I hate to stand before the Lord and say, well, Carol, what did you do with your, uh, with your life? Well, I spent about 60% of it losing and gaining the same 20 pounds. Just, just be done with that. Um, sometimes we're waiting for, oh, when we get married, and then, oh, when we have kids. And how many, don't raise your hand on this, especially if your child is in the sanctuary. And oh, when our kids leave. Oh. I love what Pastor Larry used to say. I've seen the lights of Paris. I've seen the lights of Rome. But the, I think it's most wonderful lights I've ever seen are the tail lights of my grandchildren going home. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the Bible tells us to wait not on a what, but on a who. Um, uh, I want to talk a little bit about waiting. I brought some copies of a book mostly written by my daughter who went to heaven uh, two years ago on May 7th, three days before Mother's Day, uh, and uh, which was really hard. And, you know, even though we had moved to Washougal and had joined a community church there, um, Larry and Grace saw us through that. And during COVID, when uh, April was dying, they drove clear over to our house and uh, rolled their windows down and prayed with us. You're in a good place, folks. You're in a good place. Thank you, Lord, for Pastor Larry and Grace. And thank you for what's good ahead. He's He's got something good. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, I want to read to you uh, just a, uh, three and a half pages written by my daughter a um, year and a half before she died while she was fighting uh, colon and liver cancer. And the title is Hope with a question mark. And this is April speaking. I have experienced a somewhat forgotten feeling the past few days, a whiff of hope. Part of me does not dare to think that I might beat the diagnosis. Another part of me says, you feel so good, April. Surely this is just a different dream and you'll, a difficult dream and you'll wake up soon. I spoke to my husband Rick about it. Do I dare hope? So many people are praying to God to heal me. I'm hearing wonderful stories of people that know people who beat stage 4 cancer. God could do this. I held hope gingerly in my fingers, turning it over and over, wondering, should I trust it? When we first heard that colon cancer was 90% beatable, hope surged up. But then the liver news, not so great. As I read my online Bible plan, I landed in the Psalms, 
And there it was, Psalm 33, verses 20 to 22. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let your mercy, Lord, be upon us, just as we hope in you. That word hope, where is my hope? In medicine? I'm certainly thankful for it and amazed at what we know at this time in history. But even by their testimonies, only a few will live long. It sure is a blessing right now. There's so much not known by my medical team, by me, with a 6% chance of surviving by year five, it's uncertain. Much of me is at rest about what lies ahead, although I do not look too far down the road, knowing that God is work in the present, giving me what I need for right now. And let me just remind us, and when you're there, tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now, he'll be there too. He is the God who is past, present, future. It is the wisdom born of necessity, one day at a time, trusting and following. For today, I feel pretty good, almost like the old me. I can shop on my own with some vigor. I sleep well. I'm not coughing anymore. I can eat a full meal. I even clean the attic. So wonderful. It, And should I trust in alternative cures? I've heard some that make me chuckle a bit, some that are scary, and some I try. Mom makes home-brewed kombucha. It's not alcoholic. Just Sam. Just as much as vanilla is. And I drink it down morning and night with my Miralax. My husband told me that Miralax is basically like drinking plastic, but it works. On the other fronts, I like fermented food like sauerkraut. And though they are not the mainstay of my diet, I feel a bit earthy and wise when I eat them. (laughs) Do I dare hope in positive thinking? I'm all for that, and I believe choosing joy is a great idea. But ultimately, I cannot save myself. As much as I would like, I cannot solely think myself out of cancer and on to healing. Do I hope in my health and strength? I feel an advantage because I was blessed with plenty of vim and vigor. The only thing wrong with me is colon cancer, which has traveled to my liver. Sometimes our stamina is insufficient. The vulnerability one experiences when natural hardiness is assaulted can be unsettling. It's not enough. When it comes down to it, I'm at the mercy of the Lord. What I know is that his grace is sufficient for each day. I'm living there. My hope is in him, not getting the outcome I desire. My hope is that he will carry me on whatever path I must travel. My hope is when I reach heaven's gate, sooner or later, Jesus will welcome me in, calling me faithful because he's faithful. My hope is that my sins and failings are forgiven because I have asked and Christ is generous with his grace. My hope is that he will care for any I leave behind 
And uh, just a sweet side note, April is the one who introduced me to Greg. And it was, you know how it is when you're going out and you have a babysitter that's coming in, but you just go around and make sure all the children are tucked in. And I felt like she was tucking me in before she left. My hope is that he will care for any I leave behind. And if he chooses, my hope is that I will be healed. It's so good to know that I do not have to worry about embarrassing God. Whatever he allows, whatever he does, I know that I can trust him to do what is right. And then Deuteronomy 32, 3 through 4, for we base our hope in a sure word. And here, this scripture is a wonderful promise. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, and his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. What are the rewards of hope? God's working. One of my favorite scriptures, and if you haven't memorized it, put this in your heart. You know, scriptures are like gospel bullets. Well, scripture says it's like a sword, but I wouldn't trust myself with a sword. I've done a few things with an avocado that are scary, uh, when you, with a knife in one hand and an avocado. I will give lessons afterwards for those of you that want to stay on how to open up an avocado. But anyway, here's a promise. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard or perceived by the ear, nor has the seen, <clears throat> has the eye seen any God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. You think you're waiting and nothing is happening? It, lots are happening. Um, hope is comforting. Strength is comforting. And strength increases while we hope and wait on the Lord. We all know this scripture. Even youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 40. Joy increases rejoicing and hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Romans 12.12. Not just in today's blessings, but rejoicing in the future. And as we get older, as we see that it's, that, uh, we have less sand in the top of the glass than in the bottom of the glass. You know, Mark Twain was right. Nothing against the kids, but youth is wasted on young people. Remember when you had all that energy? I see a little kid run around and I thought, if I could bottle that energy, boy, could I get some things done. But it's true that um, we have hope in the future. And so we are happy as we look forward in sharing in the glory of God, Romans 5.2. You know, uh, as the early believers uh were thrown to the lions in the Roman Colosseum, the word most often heard was Maranatha, our Lord comes, or come Lord. And they encouraged one another. They knew that they would soon stand before him. 
And we too can look ahead and rejoice. And we can look with Leonard. Uh, there are loved ones there. And there is Jesus there. Heaven straight ahead, folks. Praise God. Praise God. I, I encourage you to take a break from watching the news and let the water of the promise of God's word just wash over you like a really good shower with lots of water pressure. Or maybe even better, a jacuzzi. Um, yes, just wash your spirit, wash your soul, wash your mind. And this has gone to meddling and probably not preaching, but just a little aside, and I think the Lord would probably agree with me. Um, if you leave your TV on, on all day to the news of this world and you hear the bad news over and over, I would say as much, go ahead and do that, but as much time as you spend there, spend it in the word, because boy, you need it. You, I, I just was visiting family, and I have a family member that I was with, and that's on. It was on when I got up early, and it was still on when I went to bed. And, um, yeah, so t- done with meddling, now into uh, scripture that is so encouraging. Um, God ends his book on an upbeat note. In Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5, now I saw, and then this is going to happen. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Um, then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, uh, out of heaven from God, as prepared uh, as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice. Uh, from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things that passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. When you look and despair at how things are or things that have happened that you wished hadn't, don't just uh, look up. Look beyond. Beyond today. And I love the fact that for those of us that get to be part of the first uh, resurrection the scripture promises that we're blessed and holy who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. And we're going to be priests and kings to Christ. And reign, and we get to reign with him a thousand years. Uh, and it's not going to be just we're going downhill to where we're mumbling and people are, are you know, feeding us soup. Uh, but and thank God for the people that do that. But the Lord's going to actually make all things new. He's going to restore it, and it's going to be like it could have been if we hadn't wandered off and thought that we knew better than God. 
You know, God never intended for us to eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because we usually get it wrong. Uh, let me see, I can make something up. I went skiing. Oh, that's good. But I fell down and broke my leg. Oh, that's bad. But the ski patrol is right there. Oh, that's good. But it was a long trip down the mountain. Oh, but that's bad. But on the way, and this is before Greg, BG, Greg, uh, 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 but one of the ski patrol and I, we were talking, and he was interested in uh, in me, and or at least I was interested in him. And, oh, that's good. But then I found out he was married. Oh, that's bad. But he had a really neat. Do you see what I mean? You know, we we don't know what's good and what's bad. You know, think, oh, they won the lottery and it ruined their lives. You know, so uh, uh, there's all kinds of. We should stay away from that tree. Let God decide. If his word says it's good, it's good. And and we can trust him. The real tree, which was right next to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Side by side. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat that. The tree of life. And what a wonderful thing. And... Like it says in Deuteronomy when Moses is talking, behold, I set before you life, and death, blessing, and curses. Now, this is the one you choose. A, A. And you know what we're tempted to do? And don't you see a lot of that these days? Don't tell me what to do. And and we have a lot of don't tell me what to do right now, and uh, that's after no that that's about the next thing a child will say. Let's get over that and just do what God says because He knows and He sees ahead because He loves you beyond beyond all the people that love you put together. He loves you. It's a wonderful thing. Um, let me see, not only the blessings of Christ when he reigns then, um, here's some more. Uh, justice and righteousness, Second Peter 3.13 says, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Aren't you looking forward to that, where righteousness runs down like a river? Oh, uh, Lord, I'm ready. Uh, and also the glory of the Lord will fill the earth. Um, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. And Isaiah talking about the lion shall lie down with the lamb, uh, and, uh, uh, there'll just be such harmony. The bear and the, the ox will graze together. Uh, I'm, I just think that would be great. And you know, and I want you to help me right now to think about Okay, in the, in the new earth, when we reign with a thousand years with the Lord, what, now this may sound a little plain, but, or a little, maybe even carnal, but, you know, not only am I looking forward to glorifying the Lord and reigning with Him for a thousand years, um, but I'm also looking forward to, uh, no litter. I'm a big anti-litter person. I learned it really well. I was about five, and um, my dad had driven to a friend's, and us kids, it was just to stop for a moment, so us kids rolled down the uh, windows, and his friend, being a wonderful man, 
uh, grabbed some popsicles and gave them to us kids. Remember the ones orange with the vanilla and the, yeah. And I just had mine, and then I just leaned out the window and went, you know, I, I, it's amazing. It's a miracle that I am living today. <laughs> and so I got a real strong dose of no littering. But that's something that I'm looking forward to. Another is, I, I think the dogs will even be sanctified. Have you ever lived next to a house that has a dog? This happened to us in Misawa, Japan. And the couple both worked. And they had this little dachshund. And... Uh, he was short of leg, but long of bark. He barked all day. Uh, I mean, from the time his mom and dad left until they got back. And I'm looking forward to no barking dogs. Yeah, hallelujah. Yes. Now, what? how about you folks? Uh, got any ideas? Just call it out loud enough so everyone will hear. I won't repeat it because... It's really interesting as you get older how your ears uh, translate things. It can be really funny. Anyone? Ah, okay, good. Something else? I've got a few more primers. No road rage. Yeah, you know, you dare not honk at somebody. They might, you know, shoot at you. Anybody, anybody else? Oh, Darcy. No more <laughs> <laughs> you get some real response. Laura Lee. I, just, I was just agreeing with Darcy. Uh, indeed. <laughs> Jamie. No more unsolicited whining. Unsolicited whining? No more uh, no more alarm clocks. Oh, hallelujah. Although the Bible does say when you get older, you wake up with the dawn. Any Anybody else? Am I the only one that's looking forward to all kinds of things that you just, you know. But they're here now to create patience in us. John. Yes. Yeah. And and that really frosts my my chicken because you get these little I remember my mom uh uh when she grew up nothing plugged in uh, except the radio. And but when we were in Okinawa she wanted to to email me and be able to so they got a computer. And when we're talking in her 80s, she's an adventurous lady. But when she was younger, she stood on her horse bareback and rode as a ga- at a gallop. Do you know what a miracle is? I really am a miracle. But anyway, she got a computer, and uh, her 70-year-old neighbor was her computer guru. And so she showed Mom how to do things, and Mom then stopped and had lunch. And she came back to the computer, and the screen is black. And she called up the neighbor and she says, Betty, I think I killed the computer. <laughs> and Betty says, you know the thing I called a mouse? Wiggle it. <laughs> oh, it's back. <laughs> oh, it won't be nice. We'll understand everything. I, I mean, I have to explain to people that 
tell me the widget and, you know, when I call about a computer problem, thankfully Greg knows how to fix most things. I actually bought a Mac so that we could be on the same page, and I just turn it all over to him. Yeah. Uh, Matter of fact, the only danger we have in the new heaven and the earth uh, is especially in cold climates of freezing to death because we'll both be to a door and you first, no, I, no, you go first, no, you first, and stand out in the cold. And, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. You know, a wonderful thing about the results of hope for now is the purifying effect that it has on us. Don't you want to be more holy? I don't mean religious. I mean more, more like Jesus. The good news is when we see him, we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is, which kind of gives you a clue of what to do now. If you keep looking at Jesus, uh, you're more apt to change. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, but we all, um, let me see, uh, Beholding his face, uh, are going to be trans, uh, transformed, and that's metamorphosis from glory to glory, even by the Spirit of the Lord. So we become like what we look at. Yeah. We really do. So let's turn to Jesus. But therefore, since all these things are going to be dissolved, what matter of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming day of the Lord, uh, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. That's Second Peter three, eleven and twelve. And you know, until um, uh, atomic fusion, Dan, I should have you explain that kind of thing. We didn't know the elements could melt. But they can, and they will someday. And as a re- so, we ought to be. What kind of person ought we to be? Uh, a person who is holy in their conduct and our godliness. So, um, let's hang on to our hope. Actually, I think in the Old Testament, it has a comes from a word which means rope. So, hang on to the rope of hope, and. Uh, since I have time, I want to read to you a little bit as I get ready to close here. Notice it's get ready. Don't don't start putting your stuff together. Okay. Uh, two and a half months after my daughter wrote what I read to you, I wrote, and it's when hope hurts because it does. How many of how many of you have all have been hurt? You hoped and it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. God knows about how that is. My daughter's cancer was shrinking. For a moment, my hope soared like a kite in a strong gust of wind. God was answering prayer. Then, strangely, without warning, I immediately burst into tears. Burying my face in my husband Greg's shoulder, I sobbed, Why does my hope hurt? I'm afraid. Dare I believe my girl will live? Up until then, April had been told a break from endless chemo would only stop when the ammo didn't work anymore. But now, for the first time since her deadly invader um, was discovered six months earlier, 
a CT scan showed a much improved liver, the encouraged doctors were now considering a chemo break, a reprieve from the relentless pounding of poison into her weary body. Why does hope hurt, I pondered. Early on as children, we learned that happening does not automatically follow hoping. We've all hoped for something only to be disappointed. We hoped it would not rain, but it did, and our picnic was canceled. We hoped to be chosen, but somebody else was picked. We hoped and prayed Grandma wouldn't die, but she did. We've all learned this sad lesson. Liftoff does not guarantee a happy landing. A beautiful wedding may end in a nasty divorce. A simple surgery can get complicated. Sometimes celebrated launches, Hindenburg, Titanic, Challenger, begin in triumph and end in tragedy. But biblical hope is different. It's not wishful desire, not a crush-your-fingers fancy, a holding-of-your-breath longing. Instead, the Bible's kind of hope is a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future to happen. Heaven's hope is not tied to get to today's sunshine, for tomorrow's weather may bring a typhoon. Solid, secure hope is anchored in nothing less than a firm faith in God himself. I dared not put my hope for April's return to health in anyone or anything but God. Not in well-trained oncologists, sophisticated CT scans, or high-powered chemo drugs. Not even in the many prayers of April's support team as powerful and appreciated as they are. Not in April's worthiness, her strong faith from age four, her generosity and good works. Not in her healthy habits, her sturdy constitution. No matter what lied ahead, perfect peace is possible only by resting completely in the goodness of God. The more intimately we know God, his love, wisdom, and power, the greater our ability to keep calm in life's battering storms, no matter how threatening. But I already believe this. I know God is the master of the seas. So why do I panic when choppy circumstances rock my boat? What can I do to keep calm when black clouds roll into my harbor? I believe God, but how can I defeat fear that God won't be enough? Will I drown? I turned to God's answer, book, word for his answer. What did King David do when scary situations menaced to sink him? How did he hang on to peace? First, he affirmed his soul's secure anchor in God, Psalm 62, 1. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From him come my salvation. But then, four verses later, after listing difficulties, he tells his soul to hang on to what he already declared was his. He says in verse 5, My soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. Trusting God for future grace provides a secure rope of hope, but it's a combination of two strands. The first strand is trust in the trust, believing in the trustworthiness of God, but the second strand is also necessary. Confessing our confidence must be braided to our belief. 
when we're shaken by doubt and fear. You know the sword that Jesus came out of Jesus' mouth that's pictured in Revelation? Talk about the sword of the Spirit. The sword is the word of God. The word spoken by you. You know, try this uh, for any of you that are dieting, which means probably 98% of us ladies. Uh, next time you're standing in front of the refrigerator and you're reaching for the handle, say something to yourself. Like, I don't need this. So, Lord, um, I'm just going to trust you. This won't, you know, speak it out loud because if you stand there quietly, it's going to happen. It really is going to happen. Um, so the second strand is confessing our confidence, creating it with our belief. Over the top of the storm, we need to batter down our faith and batten it down and treasure our, uh, the word. Tell our hearts six souls, settle down, soul. You can trust God. He's got this. If we tie our hope to the ups and downs of frail happenstance, our hearts will plunge and rise like a bobbing buoy on a choppy sea. But only the rope of hope in God reaches through the veil and is anchored to the holy of holies in heaven. What can we do when life's howling storms of doubt and fear assail? Tie a knot and hang on to our sure and steadfast hope. A cheerful confidence in God's control in the future will not unravel. And Romans 15, 13 A favorite word. Um, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, um, thank you, Pastor Mike. How many of you really appreciate this guy? Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Let's all stand together. It's been wonderful to have Carol in the house today to share her heart and share this book. And so thank you very much. Let me pray over you today and uh, we'll be dismissed. Amen. Father, thank you again for your goodness in our lives. And uh, thank you, Lord, that most of all, we have hope. We have hope in you and you've given us that hope. And so we're going to we've done a hope check today in our hearts and in our minds And believe, Lord, that uh, you have good things in store. And we are so grateful for that. And uh, bless Carol and Greg as they continue continue to minister in whatever and wherever they go. Uh, Touch them, I pray, and anoint them, I pray. And bless everything that they put their hand to do. Because I know that um, there will be ministry going forth every opportunity that's presented to them. Thank you for that, Lord. Bless this group of people, Lord. Thank you for them. Uh, bless them in their efforts this week, in their workplace this week, as they commute, if that's what uh, their assignment is. And uh, just whatever they put their hand to do, may there be much blessing and your grace and your goodness in their life. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.